I want to talk about the importance of protecting our hearts. Even when we are born-again Christians, we still need to guard our hearts. That's why it's so important for us to read the Word daily. It's food for our spirit. And when our spirit does not eat enough of the Word, it could become weakened and it could be easily led astray. To see how dangerous it is to be led astray, I want to begin with our conscience. In Romans chapter 2, verses 14 and 15, Paul talks about the human conscience. He says this about that. For when Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do the things in the law, these, although not having the law, are a law to themselves, who show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and between themselves, their thoughts accusing or else excusing them. Our conscience is one general way that we all have an idea that God exists. Within our conscience, we know what is right and what is wrong. We know from within that stealing and lying are wrong. That comes from our conscience. Now, from Romans to Revelations, the New Testament letters are written for born-again Christians. The letters are addressed to believers. Romans is kind of the long version of Galatians. Galatians was also written by Paul. That letter focuses on salvation. With Romans, it goes much deeper talking about salvation. It talks about how just live by faith. Also in Galatians. And so in Romans chapter 2 verses 13 and 15, Paul talks about on how the Gentiles have an idea of what is right and what is wrong, even though they did not receive the law of God directly. That were the Jews. The Jews have a conscience, just like everyone else, and also they receive God's law through Moses. That is what we know as the Ten Commandments. Yet, the Ten, the Ten Commandments in our conscience reflect one another and so we have an idea on what is right and what is wrong now whenever someone does something wrong there usually has to be time given up there has to be some sort of debt to be paid or if it's serious enough say as a murder the way to pay for that is through capital punishment. We understand these things. We understand that in order for a wrong to be undone, there has to be some sort of justification. Well, we are all sinners. We have a sin nature. We are born in sin. No one tells us how to sin. Because we already knew how 
to sin. In Romans chapter 3, verse 10, it says, As it is written, there's none righteous. No, not one. There is no one that is righteous. In Isaiah chapter 66, verse 4, it says, The righteousness of man equals to dirty, filthy rags. There's nothing we can do to save ourselves from God's wrath. Only way, in John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way. That means we could only get to the Father through Him. I am the way. I am the truth. And in Jesus, there is no lie. And those who have been born of the Spirit have the spirit of truth to guide them and remind them what Jesus had said. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father before him. With life, Jesus gave the physical life. He created all. All things that we can or cannot see only exist by his power. And at the same time, he came to this world 2,000 years ago. He became the perfect sacrifices that we needed. Before that, God's chosen people had to sacrifice yearly. They had to offer blood from animals to atone for their sins. And even the priests had to do it for themselves, and they had to do it for the nation of Israel. They had to keep doing this up to the point to where... When Jesus finally came, he became that perfect sacrificial lamb, and his blood was perfect. It was not like the animal blood that fallen to sin, because Jesus did, know, did not know no sin. He was tempted more than anybody else, and he still did not sin. He died on the cross. He shed his blood. So whoever believes in him with their hearts and confesses with their mouth that he is Lord can be saved. Anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord can be saved. Well, as time progressed after Jesus returned to the Father, man started intertwining his doctrine with the word. It's caused a lot of confusion and disintegration within the church. Now, I truly believe that Jesus never meant for his church to have different denominations. Remember, in the Bible somewhere, there was a disciple that was with not Jesus' disciples, and he was preaching and baptizing as well. And his disciples tried to stop him and say, well, you can't do that because you're not with us. And Jesus said, no, 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 let him be, you know. He is doing my work. And that right there is an example of Jesus wanting his body to be united as one. And somewhere along the way, the enemy came during the night and planted his terrace. He planted his doctrine. Man's doctrine has caused a lot of confusion and divide within the church. To unwind the confusion, we have to get into the Word. We must understand what it means to be born of the Spirit. 
Only through being born of the Spirit we could truly understand the Word of God. Even though the Bible is a physical copy, it's spiritual. It's meant for those who have been born again because only they can understand what is in it. The Spirit guides them and instructs them in all. Now, when a person becomes born again, he's obviously not going to understand as much as, say, someone who has been a born-again mature believer for a long time, say, like maybe 60 or 70 years. But in time, when that new believer grows in the Word and he daily studies it, his spirit will grow. He will have deeper understanding. And to the things that were once a mystery to him will be much simpler. Those things take time. When one goes to the Word, they should understand it and they should receive it for what it is. If they did that, then they must reject man's teaching of once saved and always saved. Now I'm talking about doctrine of salvation so that we can see the dangers of searing our conscience with a different doctrine. That's what I mean that we have to guard our hearts. We have to receive what is in the word and not man's doctrine. We can't receive what we feel about it. We have to receive for what it is because what it is could go against on how we feel. And we must change how we feel. We can't put how we feel in the word if it doesn't fit. If our thoughts and action does not fit the word, then we must dismiss these things to receive the word for what it is and keep our conscience from being seared. You see, once saved, always saved goes against the word. Now, I went to Liberty University from 1999 to 2004. That was a time period that I got my bachelor's degree. After that, I did another tour. And Liberty University teaches a doctor once saved, always saved. And when you listen to that teaching, it kind of sounds confused, but man has a way to try to fit what they want to say into God's Word. It's like taking the wrong puzzle piece and jamming it in, and it doesn't fit. You end up having the wrong picture. And so, finally, the Holy Spirit got a grab of my heart one day. And I was driving. And the passage of Revelation came to mind. Revelations chapter 3. In Revelations chapter 3, it's part of John's letter to the seven churches. And the seven churches that he wrote to, it was Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Philadelphia. Mm, let me see. I, it's been a while since I've been there. I think I might have had them half memorized. Let me go there, there to verify of what I've been saying. In Revelation chapter, Revelation chapter 2 and 3, 
is to the seven churches. And in chapter 2, John addresses Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira. And then in verse in chapter 3, he starts off with Sardis. And then after Sardis, he addresses Philadelphia. And the last one, the lukewarm church is Laodiceans. Well, anyway, in Romans chapter 3, verse 5, the Holy Spirit reminded me this. It said, He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. Now, these are the words of Jesus directed to the church of Sardis. Well, it was not only meant for the church of Sardis, but it was meant for the entire body, his body. He is the head of the church, and we are the body. These are the words of Christ. And it's so important that I want to read them again. And I want you to listen, listen, understand with your heart. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life. How do we get our names written in the book of life? We get our names written in the book of life by being saved by Jesus. We are saved when we believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord and confesses his name with our mouth. Anyone can be saved. Well, right here, Sardis is like a dying church, you know. They have a few good people that are there, but this is a dying church. This church was not guarding itself quite well. In verse 1, Jesus says, I know your works, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. So it's not a dying church, it's a dead church. It's just dead. He says, be watchful and strengthen things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found your works perfect before God. Remember in Matthew chapter 5, verse 48, Jesus tells the multitude, he says this. Matthew chapter 5, verse 48, he says, Therefore you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. How are we perfect? How can we be perfect? Well, we must be perfect born again and we must bear fruit those to that bear fruit will be cut off and thrown into the fire whenever you see jesus say some will be thrown into fire that means being sent to hell and so be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die for I have not found your works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. So, for, again, remember, Revelation, like Romans, is written to believers. This is not written to unbelievers. Jesus is talking to believers. He's telling them to be perfect, be watchful. And for them, not being perfect in their works and not holding the fast of doctrine. In other words, not following the instructions, they should repent. The church of Sardis is not following the teachings of Jesus. And so he tells them to repent. 
And there are few people, few names in Sardis have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me. Now, there are few people in this church that have followed Christ. They have been committed to his word. And Jesus curses, he who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments. White garments is the new body that we will receive. And then Jesus says, if they overcome, I will not blot out his name from the book of life. When your name gets blotted out, what does that mean? I mean, how did your name get there in the first place? You have to be born again. And when your name gets blotted out, that means you could lose your salvation. And once I realized the word says that you can lose your salvation, the doctor in a once safe, always safe fell off my eyes. And the Holy Spirit blessed me by helping me to understand the word even more. We must guard our hearts. We must guard our hearts against darkness. Because those who follow darkness puts their conscience in danger. And I want to close by showing you what kind of danger your conscience can be in if you continue to go down a dark path. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, Again, written by Paul, he is written to Timothy. Timothy, a born-again believer. And again, the New Testament letter is written to believers. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, says this. Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith. Some will depart from the faith means there are people that did believe. That's how they have faith. Well, they will depart from the faith. They will be led away, given heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. So once you have your conscience seared with a hot iron, you lose the Holy Spirit. You lose the anointings, and you forever be separated from God. So all these things that's out there, all these dark devices that's out there, we need to be aware of. We need to be aware of so we can avoid it. And by doing so, we guard our hearts and we keep our conscience from being seared. Amen.